y'all. Welcome back to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern Spooky, and today, a little playful. We (laughs) hope you'll leave us some likes on our Facebook page and some high star reviews on your podcast platforms. We'd love for that to happen. Oh, yeah. And if it doesn't, that old doll your grandmother knitted for you that sits on that dusty shelf will hop down and wander around your house at night. I'm Carolina Girl Heather. And I'm... Creeped out, apparently. Oh, creeped out. <laughs> this is Florida Man Tony, who's just actually speechless for a wow. moment. Wow. <laughs> Today, mm-hmm. it's located at 534 Eaton Street, because I know you're going to check this. It was built between 1890 and 1898. Now, a cool thing is, there's like two different stories of provenance of the doll. Okay. Now, the one I'd always heard on the various shows and whatnot is that the doll was handmade by a, one of the household servants. Of See, that's, that's what I had heard. A Bahamian yeah. woman who, yeah. like Mrs. Otto, was not very kind to the servants and mistreated them. And so the idea was that this was a revenge doll. Yeah. But there is at least, at least on the Wikipedia, whoever did that research, said that the doll was made by the Steiff Company. I don't know how to pronounce that. I speak French and Spanish, but not so much German. Is it Steiff or Stiff? I, well, it's S-T-E-I-F-F. Steiff. Steif Company of Germany, which they're the ones who are credited with making the first teddy bear for Teddy Roosevelt. Yep. Purchased by Otto's grandfather while on a trip to Germany in 1904. Mm-hmm. Which okay, so he was born in 1900 yep. and given to Otto or Jean as a birthday gift when he was four. Mm-hmm. Now the doll itself, for anyone who hasn't seen him, he's 40 inches tall. Okay. Stuffed with wood wool. Anyone who watches the repair shop knows what well, that yeah, is. We know what wood wool is. <laughs> the sort of wood shavings, basically. Yeah. Um, and if you happen to see him on display, he's a kind of creepy looking. Um, oh, well, I mean, you, he's damn sure showing his age. Uh, yeah, like the fabric looks like it's wearing. Because and all. he's he's at a museum in Saint Augustine right now, or he was when I saw him. You've seen him in person. Yep. How did you not tell me about this before we started recording? I oh my thought God. I explained it to you when we were driving down to Florida. Okay, I don't remember that. But that's okay. Um, he holds his own stuffed animal. Animal, which is, mm-hmm. I swear it looks sort of radioactive. Really I thought does. it was a lion, but yeah. someone said, no, that's a dog. Yeah. That's a dog. Okay. Yeah. But he has his own stuffed animal, so mm-hmm. that's kind of meta. And he wears a sailor suit, which people speculate was probably a childhood outfit of Eugene. Now, I've only ever seen him in pictures, but he does seem to have these black beady eyes. Yep. And... <laughs> I have noted that he has these black beady eyes and sort of elfin looking ears. Mm-hmm. They just, they stick out kind of they, they, point, they point a little. So he has this sort of Vulcan look to him. Mm-hmm. And currently, at the recording time of June in 2022, he is 118. Yep, he's an old man. He is an old man, that, <laughs> but he still looks like he's a six-year-old. I'm, you know, after seeing him, and I don't talk ill of him because, well... He's creepy. He's creepy. And he has power, apparently. But um, he looks... Looks like the little boy from the Cracker Jack box with the dog following him. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people who are listening to this might not know what we're talking about, but there was caramel-covered popcorn that they'd sell in boxes called Cracker Jack, and there was a little boy in a sailor suit. Yes, kind and, of their logo. And the, and there's a dog following him. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Now, if you go with the theory that this doll was made by the Bahamian maid, it was supposed to have been made very much in Eugene's image. Yes. Well, if you go with the fact that he was made from like spare parts from the Stife company. Not so much, but you know, he's he's a doll. So Well, I mean, there are pictures of him sitting with the 
at all. I've only seen pictures of him as an adult, so I don't know. Really? Mm-hmm. I could have sworn on one of those shows I saw a picture of him sitting with the doll. Well, maybe. I just, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Now, we are going to quote a Mrs. Convertito, who is a museum curator mm-hmm. where Robert's living now. What people really remember is what they would probably term an unhealthy relationship with the doll. He brought it everywhere, being Gene. He talked about it in the first person as if it weren't a doll. He was Robert, as in he is a live entity. End quote. Gene treated Robert like a member of the family and even insisted he have a place at the table where Gene would feed, feed Robert. Yeah, feed him. I mean, I used to do that with my dolls. I mean, any, you know, a lot of kids probably did that. And Gene's first name of Robert was given to the doll. Mm-hmm. So he sort of, I don't know, it's sort of like this identity split almost. So just like as soon as he got the doll, he had some kind of disassociative identity disorder. <laughs> well, I I don't know if I would have put that, but it definitely seems like he very much identified with this doll. Oh, well, yeah, probably. Things were presumably normal for the first six years, but one night, 10-year-old Gene woke up to find Robert sitting at the end of his bed. That must be creepy. Yeah, just kind of staring at him. Well, I guess it depends on where Robert started out, if yeah. he was in his own little chair or whatnot. Moments later, Mrs. Otto was awakened by his screams for help and the sound of furniture being overturned in her son's bedroom. Which was would be very alarming for any parent. Mm-hmm. And when she was finally able to wrench the lock and open the door, she saw that poor Eugene was curled up in fear on his bed, and his room was just, like, messed up. It was in shambles. And Robert the doll was sitting at the foot of the bed. Reportedly, all Gene would say was, Robert did it. Uh, and when he used this phrase, often whenever something like naughty was discovered, so like anytime something happened, he would say Robert did it. So then you start getting into this, I remember Family Circle, the little cartoon, used to have a character that was not me, and each of the children would say, no, I didn't do it, it, was, it wasn't it was you, yeah. it was not me. Yeah. So, you know, maybe in a way, this was, you know, he started giving Robert kind of a personality. Mm-hmm. But uh, after this, apparently the uh, late night terror experiences happened more frequently. As I understand, Gene's parents would often hear their son upstairs talking to Doll. There again, I always used to do this. But they would hear a response in a totally different voice. See, that's when you start getting creeped out. It's like, oh, little Timmy's playing. Wait, who's that? That's not Timmy. Yeah, because, I mean, you can even tell when it's your kid's voice. Oh, yeah. If it's a pretend voice or someone else. Look at me. Hi, Robert. How you doing? What's up, fool? (laughs) channeling Mr. T. Okay. <laughs> um, they reported witnessing the doll speak and said they saw his expressions change. He's yeah. got sort of a benign, almost I don't know, just a very bland face. So, yeah. I don't know. They would hear giggling mm-hmm. and sightings of Robert running up and down the steps or staring out the upstairs window were also reported, though yeah, like I'm people, not sure to whom they're reporting well, this. Well, like just people, reporting people on the street would look up and, because I think I believe his room was on like the third floor, and they would look up and see Robert sitting in the window looking down. Yeah, as I understand, kids would start to, like, cross the street so as not to... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the doll remained stored in the Otto family home in, in Key, Key West. West. Yep. When Otto grew up and went and studied art in New York and Paris. In Paris, yep. He got married to Annette Parker. And then the couple returned to the Otto family home later in Key West. In Key West. After Jean's father passed away. And Jean was, was delighted to find Robert was still in the house. Mm-hmm. Personally, if I was one of the parents, I would have gotten rid of the doll somehow. Oh, there would have been a bonfire. <laughs> 
his attitude towards Robert was described as an obsession. And it had faded a bit when he was in New York and, and traveling. Yeah. But when he was home, of course, he was just obsessed with the doll. And now that he was back, it's like Robert had this kind of a hold over him. Gene experienced mood swings that Anne couldn't predict or understand. And occasionally there were even reports of physical assaults. Like and, he assaulted his own wife? Yeah. And afterwards, he would sort of claim that he had no recollection of it. And like he was back in his childhood. Robert say, did it? Robert yep. did it. I so. mean, I know that she hated the doll. Well, it would be weird. I mean, if your competition for attention from your husband is this yeah, I mean, childhood and, and doll. She was, I mean, yeah, and she was obviously a little jealous. But I think also concerned. I mean, that is a very strange thing for one's husband to be so fixated on. It, it is a very strange I mean, one. it's one thing to be sentimental about it. Yeah. But the way, it was like, as I mentioned before, they were codependent somehow. Yeah. Like, I mean, even, you know, even after that, Gene would sit Robert in a chair in their bedroom at night. That would be creepy. Yeah, which obviously his wife couldn't stand because she didn't like the thing anyway. I wouldn't want him to be in the same room, definitely. Yeah. The young Mrs. Otto wanted Gene to lock up the doll in the attic where he couldn't do any harm. Gene finally conceded and as one could imagine, Robert the doll was not happy with being put in the attic or his new apartment, I guess you could say. Yeah. Soon, like, visitors from the home would hear footsteps and weird sounds from the attic. They'd hear pacing back and forth up there and devilish giggling. That's not concerning or yeah, weird at all. For real. No. Uh, neighborhood children reported seeing Robert watching them from the window in the turret. Like he had a special turret room. Yeah. Right? Accounts of the dolls, like, mocking them as they walked to school. Uh, children would cross the street and run past the house to avoid the creepy doll, which I probably would have too. Right? Yeah. So apparently when Gene heard about this, he immediately went to investigate. Well, I mean, I think anybody would. Like, yeah, because he knew he'd left Robert locked in the attic. Yeah. And there was no way he could be in the turret room, but to his complete shock, he'd open the door and there was Robert sitting in his little rocking chair by the window. And Gene tried to lock him in the attic many times. Oh, it just yeah. didn't stick. Like would, each time he'd find him next to the window, like the same window. Yeah, and there are obviously lots of websites dedicated to Robert. Mm-hmm. And if you look them up, there's one where you can look up the artist house is now kind of a guest house, air, well not Airbnb, like a real B&B. Yeah. But you can look at the turret room. It's gorgeous, but it's kind of smallish. But this, for a while, was Robert's special room. He had furniture made in his own size. I was about to say, yeah, he had his own, because they have some of that on display in the museum, too. It's like furniture of Robert's size. Kind of adorable, but also creepy. And because it was a turret room, Gene also used it for painting because there was a lot of good natural light. It was probably really good lighting in there. But that meant he would spend hours in there with With his special friend. His best friend. Right. Apparently he died in 1974. The year I was born. Yeah. And his wife, Anne, died two years later. But not before fleeing the house, of course. Because, I mean, not don't kick out the doll, run from the house. Yeah, right. Uh, After their deaths, the Eaton Street home containing the doll was sold to Myrtle, who owned it for 20 years. Her 10-year-old daughter was delighted to find Robert in the attic, closed and locked in a cedar chest, as I would have probably thrown him in a lake. (laughs) Her delight soon turned into terror. She claimed that Robert was alive and the doll wanted to hurt her. She awoke often in the middle of the night screaming in fear and told her parents that Robert had moved about the room. And does this not sound familiar? Yeah, right. He just likes young things. Sounds like my damn nightmares is what it sounds like. (laughs) 
So there are those who question the origin of Robert's evil. We've already touched well, on yeah. you know the servant who worked for Jean's parents and the notion that she was this was like a revenge doll touched with black magic. And that might explain the mysterious and frightening experiences, but wouldn't the haunting have ended when his parents died? <laughs> unless I mean, it was maybe. like a unless it was like a family curse. So or... Robert's apparently credited with car accidents, broken mm-hmm. bones, job loss, divorce. It's just kind of it, he's just very much bad luck. And the story of this unnamed Bahamian servant is pretty common, but if you put it with the less sensational gift from granddad from Germany situation, we have no idea why. How, unless it was like Jean's focused efforts, I guess, of I'm not the bad one, it's the doll. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Could yeah. that give an inanimate object animation, you think? Uh, I think once you put some emotion into certain things, like, because you know me, I like to cook. Oh, yeah. And if you put emotion into cooking, for some reason, it's very weird, the food just tastes better. This is true. So, I mean, who's to say that putting that emotion, constantly blaming the doll for the crap that you do, who's to say that that didn't actually make something happen? It's possible. Yeah. So after some 20 years of living with Robert, mm-hmm. Ms. Myrtle Reuter in mm-hmm. 1994 donated the doll to the East Martello Museum, mm-hmm. in, all, still in Key West. And Corey Convertito, who I mentioned before, is the curator of the museum. And she even noted that Robert recently, he's, he's got fans. Yeah. Oh, he a, does. He has a huge fan base. <laughs> He got a new glass case, complete with humidity control and mm-hmm. UV filtering glass to preserve him because he's an old man. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, it's only so, like you've seen it when dealing with puppeteering and latex. It oh, degrades yeah. after a while. Anything like that is going to degrade over time, well, no matter what. I imagine he's made, like, I don't know what the fabric is, but given what I've seen, he's made of, like, very much natural material. Oh, yes, absolutely. Those are going to break down no matter what. I mean, when you see him, he's very threadbare. He's yeah. very, like, you, I mean, you like can his, tell he's aged. I mean, it looks like he's got a new suit on. Maybe they change mm-hmm. his clothes occasionally. Maybe. But uh, apparently, far from banishing Robert to obscurity, the arrival at the museum marked a turning point for this doll. Once Robert arrived, arrived, visitors just flocked to the museum to get a look at the mischievous toy. He was on TV shows. He's a stop on the ghost tour. And, as we mentioned before, he is the inspiration for a horror movie, a little thing called Child's, Child's Play. Play. Yep. Which I'm going to say right now, the first time I did see it with my father alone, time ago scared the crap out of me. The only I, never get- find it, I never found it <coughs> scary. I really didn't. I did just because again I have this fear of my dolls coming to life and like the moment when they open up the little back hatch and see that there aren't any batteries in there mm-hmm. that was scary. Now once it got to the point in the sequels where they didn't even call it Child's Play it was just Chucky's whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, then there was just absurd. Did you see the remake? No I did not. Okay so he's not possessed by um whatever, whatever, whoever, is. whoever Brad Dorf's character's name was. He's not possessed by him, it's actually an AI gone crazy. Yeah, so they get away from the, the real story. Well, I, I think it's one of those things that they didn't want to bring up voodoo because we're living in a very, very, very PC time right now. Perhaps this is true, but that is where the... And I, I've even read a review where it's like this was just lazy writing, but no, if you go to the, I guess, the canon story of Robert the Doll, that's how he came about, Yeah, allegedly. I mean, uh, if you look at it, a lot of the horror movies nowadays are actually based on some pretty real events. Oh, yeah. Um, anything having to do with the Warrens 
Oh yeah, are supposedly based on very true events. So, like the Conjuring, like the Conjuring movies. Annabelle is another one. That's, another yeah. haunted doll. Oh, yeah. yeah, she doesn't look like that. Elaborate no, she's a raggedy. Doll. She's a raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, which you know, for anyone who grew up with one, it's like, well, that's unassuming. <laughs> and what's really what's a little side note about your Florida man, Tony? I actually lived in a little town called Arcola, Illinois. Oh wow! And that is where the man who created Raggedy Ann, Raggedy Andy, lived, grew oh, wow. up, did all his. Yeah. And there's actually a small museum about the size of our house. It's actually his childhood home. And it's just about him and all these dolls and stuff. So I just had a thought. Could you imagine <laughs> reading like the Oz books and you like see like the scarecrow finally started to start the date the quilted doll who mm-hmm. was never in the movies, I don't think. No. But- could you imagine if Robert the doll and Annabelle dated? I guess that's where you get like Bride of Chucky. I'm or suddenly, en- I know, I'm suddenly envisioning like you know, I'm the gatekeeper, you the key master. Like, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Yeah, Robert has a Wikipedia page. He does social media accounts. Mm-hmm. You can buy Robert replicas. You can. Now, granted, they're like modern. Well, stuff I mean, you can buy things. a bunch of merch. Oh yeah, a he's got books, coasters, T-shirts. Yep. Apparently, you could even volunteer to be locked in with him, which I'm sort of surprised, but I, I, I would do it. I would absolutely do that. You would. I would not. I know that there's a lot of things that you have to observe when you go there, when you go to see him. If you take a picture of him, you actually have to ask his permission. That is also something that I make note of. Yeah, that he continues to taunt and scare those who come to view him and the guests that come to the museum who try to take photos. Apparently, for, on the one hand, they mention that their cameras become inoperable mm-hmm. until they leave the museum. But there are people who will take his picture without his permission, which I don't know if you know if you have his permission or not. They will often be involved in terrible accidents and harrowing incidents. So yeah. I yeah. understand that his little glass cage is also wallpapered on one side with like apology notes for, I'm sorry, I took your picture. Yeah. <laughs> Visitors still note that his expressions may change. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Not seen it. Heard of it. And I understand that museum workers report seeing like tiny little footprints around his enclosure. Oh, and people can write to him. Convertito says he probably gets one to three letters every day. They're often apologies. He hints the apologies. Yeah. As many visitors attribute post-visit misfortunes to failing to respect Robert, and they're writing to beg forgiveness. Yep. Someone and I some mean, people like, ask him for advice. Yeah, people, that is the people weirdest thing. will actually ask him for advice or to heck somebody. They'll ask him to get revenge on somebody for some personal slide or something. That's wild. Apparently they have to catalog all these letters. They, like, keep them. Let's see Robert also gets emails. Um, <laughs> apparently it became known that he has a sweet tooth. Again, I don't know how they figured this out. Yep. So people sent him candy. One shipment was, what, eight bags of peppermints? Yeah, eight bags of peppermints and a card with no return address. Apparently, now I'd be tempted but the museum staff does not consume mm-hmm. the treats sent no, to Robert. No, 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 no. <laughs> Unfortunately, you re- I don't think you really could. Apparently, Lori Convertito is Robert's caretaker. Once a year, she administers, like, a checkup, of course, because <laughs> that's what dolls need. Dolls, uh, puppets, yeah, anything fabric. Because they will break down. I oh, mean, yeah. people may laugh at the checkup, but it's not really like she's doing his vitals or anything. Well, no. She's making sure that his thread his thread isn't popping and, you know, there's not that much erosion or degrading or whatnot. I think a lot of museums that house you know any kind of old things like this, they have to do a regular check on mm-hmm. its fabrics or, you know, like I said, I've been to the museum where the a lot of the Henson puppets are. Yeah. And yeah, things will just start to 
you know, entropy is a thing. They break mm-hmm. down with it. Oh, yeah. But apparently she takes him out of the case and weighs him. Yes, she weighs him to assess whether the humid Florida weather has, like, adversely affected the straw filling his body because that's, back then, straw, it'll expand and... Well, maybe degrade. his new humidity-controlled box won't be... will make that less of an issue. He's gained weight. It's all mm-hmm. water weight. <laughs> And she, like, performs any of the things that he needs, of course. Conservation. Like, yeah, like, any kind of conservation. She's also his proxy in receiving and reading all his emails and letters and running a social media feed. How interesting that she's sort of become... Sort of like his, his social personality. Yeah, 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 she really is. And occasionally she corresponds on Robert's behalf. So how odd that she's taken over that. For yeah. Him. Well, she's never really had any problems with him. Um, she does try to write to every child that writes to him. Mm-hmm. She feels that, like... Like Jean always said that he had this childlike temperament around him, and we feel that Robert would want to be kind to children. Yeah. Albeit, he seems to have terrorized two of them. I don't know if that's mm. true or not. Like, one girl who emailed was a school child who was being bullied. So, the question was, does Convertito think Robert is haunted? Quote, I don't know. I really don't. I've never had a bad experience with him. I've never felt uncomfortable. It's always been a very basic relationship, and I have a job to do, and I go and I do it. And whether there's something to it or not, he just allows me to get on with my job. Now, Robert is actually, like, annually rotated to the old post office and customs house in October. So he has sort of a little routine where Mm -hmm. he can go. And I know they do ghost walk type stuff in the museum. I have seen videos of that. Oh, yeah. And there is a book about Robert the doll by David L. Sloan. I also found YouTube videos about him doing said ghost walks. Robert, uh, like you said, has his own merchandise page. Uh, I think we should totally link that. Yes, just if you in go case. to our Facebook page, we'll show you a link to mm. all the Robert the Doll yep. merch. Yep. Okay, before we get to the very end, yeah. So Robert the Doll, do you think he's haunted or just a creepy looking? Um, guy? I've only I, I've been I've been to the museum once in St. Augustine. Well, you did say he's that you've seen him. Yeah. What was your experience? Or it looked like an old doll to me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, no, no. Um, I know that you're not like hypersensitive. I'm not. I'm not stupid sensitive. But usually, when I'm around, I guess I. I you're sensitive enough. Like, it's more like an empathetic kind of thing. If I go into a haunted house and it feels down, like it just gives me anxiety attacks. I know that when we were looking at houses, yeah. one of the first things I would check for is. How does this house make you feel? Mm-hmm. And if it felt creepy, we're like, mm, we'll just move on. Like there've been, and and I explained this to you in a couple of videos. We'd done ghost hunting before, mm-hmm. and there are some places I just walk in and go, yeah, there's nothing here because it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> Shadow line, like yeah, because they make panties. Um, <laughs> but there have been a couple of places where I would walk in, and I don't, I don't think this is, I maybe it's being sensitive or something, but it feels like there's a weight on my chest. Like if I walk into a place and. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, if someone tells me if it's haunted or not. If I walk into it, I'll feel like, it feels like a pressure on my chest. And it just, it, I just start getting anxious. That's how I, that's like the warm morning bell that I have. Did you ever feel that way in your own house that was so yeah, absolutely. Um You just got used to that. There, well, I got to the point to where whoever was there, the girl, if she was in a bad mood, I could feel it. Uh-uh. Like, I would feel heavy and I would be like, okay, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. I'm here if you want to talk. Of course, I've never heard anything. But, you know, just trying to be not, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, provoke you right now just to get some kind of strong reaction. I would actually treat it like it was just a sad roommate. Okay. And when I was there seeing Robert, I didn't get any of that. Hmm. We I, walked by, looked at him for a 
a couple of minutes and I was like, okay, see you around and just kind of walked away. Neat. Actually, I believe I told him to have a good day. And Probably wise. Yeah. I said, thank you, Robert. Have a good day and just kind of walked away. And see, that, you that didn't was... treat him with disrespect. So no. maybe that's why you didn't have that feeling. Yeah. Maybe there's less animation to him now, especially without Gene. Well, next time we go to Florida, we're going to have to stop so you can see him. That'd be lovely. I mean, it's on our way to Disney. Woo! Yep. Which we totally have to do another Disney episode at some point. Oh, absolutely. Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe. We can take you through It's a Small World again. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of Robert the Doll. Right? Well, I guess we'll kind of wrap this up. How do you feel about it? Well, like I said, I think there are definitely... Dolls have that kind of humanoid shape, so I think lonely spirits can and sometimes do just kind of settle there. Or maybe they get attached. Well, also, yeah. It's like kids getting attached to toys, you know? Maybe it's just like a a spirit or a ghost or whatever you want to call it sees a toy and is like, you know what? Maybe that'll be a friend, you know, or something (laughs) Something like that. that. So, yeah. And who's to say say that little Gene didn't give him some sort of energy that where he could do it, and now that Robert the Doll has this legion of fans, that it's not giving him that, for lack of better words, like power to do things things. Hmm, that's an interesting concept. Yep. So I do think there there is, or at least was, something to Robert the doll. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's just me. I don't know. I'd love to visit while he's completely surrounded by plexiglass and not able to get at me. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Well, we will definitely, when we go down next time, we will, I'll, I'll tell you where to go. We'll have to go there. It's it's an, actually you'll like the museum just a, as a whole. It's oh, that'd really be cool. cool. Yeah, it, he's in a museum, <clears throat> and it's actually in the old fort. So now is this at Saint Augustine, yes. or is it in the uh, Key West? No, this is in Saint Augustine. He oh, was okay. moved to Saint Augustine. So is he no longer at East Martello? I don't think he is. Well, I wonder if Convertito still unless, has him. Unless they just sent him there for something and I just got to see him while he was there. Like a special engagement? Some yeah. museums do swap out things yeah. like that? Yeah, so, I mean, that may have been it. And then we'd have to drive down to Key West. That is the southernmost point of Florida. Wow, that would be a long drive. About six hours away from Orlando, so yeah. Ooh. Okay, so if he's in St. Augustine, maybe we'll check him out. And if he's in Key West, maybe not. Exactly. That's a lot of gas right now. That's That's a lot of everything. Gas time, you know it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, y'all, here we have had yet another Florida adventure. We spend a lot of time in Florida, don't we? Well, Florida is south. Oh, absolutely. Can't get much more south than that unless exactly. you're down in South America. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us on Southern Fried Spooky. We do appreciate it. We hope you'll leave us your likes and your five star reviews wherever possible. And if you don't, maybe that creepy doll your granny made will just come and uh, jump off its shelf and stare at you. Or stand in your way of the fan, stealing your airflow. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm suddenly your freaked out Florida man, Tony. Wow, I'm impressed. Nothing actually freaks him out. We actually do wish you well. And look forward to seeing you again. Okay. Bye, Bye, y'all. Oh, my God. Worst episode ever. Did you put new batteries in Lucy over there? Uh, No, I didn't. Don't you dare. (laughs) No. (laughs) 